Hi, Priscilla McKinney here, Mama Bird and CEO at Little Bird Marketing. I'm so excited to announce finally, my book is out. Collaboration is the new competition. Why the future of work rewards a cross-pollinating hive mind and how not to get left behind. So what's the book about? (laughs) The impetus was really about a gap that I saw in the business vernacular about how we need to work together to get ahead and have much bigger wins. I think it's super important right now because there is a growing need for collaboration in the business world. And I made this book super practical. In fact, the chapters tell you how many minutes it's going to take for you to get through them. I know you're busy, but these kinds of ideas are going to, I hope, permeate into your thought process and help you get ahead quicker. The first part of the book is about what is the state of affairs in business and why I believe collaboration is really needed. And it also goes on to explain these are the fundamentals that need to happen so you can have collaboration. So once you set yourself up for the win, then it's not always smooth sailing. And I finished the last half of the book giving you seven different anchors that you can use as a practical tool in order to make sure you stay on course. So in a time when business has never been more complicated, this book offers a fresh and, in my opinion, much needed perspective. It moves away from that idea of linear success and instead brings people together to give you a competitive advantage. Visit PriscillaMcKinney.com for more information. And welcome to Ponderings from the Perch, the Little Bird Marketing Company podcast. I'm with you as always, Priscilla McKinney, Mama Bird and CEO here at Little Bird Marketing. Today, we're going to talk about a subject that is near and dear my heart, and that is how on earth you turn a great book idea into an actual published book. I have the privilege of talking to so many colleagues at industry events, on my podcast, obviously, and in so many private client meetings, and I know that so many people have a book in them. It bubbles up to the top of the conversation. People get that dreamy look in their eyes and start thinking about, someday I'm going to write that book, but it is really hard. And I'm a professional writer. I write hundreds of blog posts or long format pillar pages, other pieces of content, thought leadership pieces, social media. It's even hard for me. So I just want you to just take a deep breath right now. And we're going to talk about what are some steps you can do in order to get that great book out of you. But I just want you to not be so anxious about that thing you keep saying someday you're going to write that book. We're going to talk about how that could actually become a reality. Now, everybody might have a different reason for writing their book. For me, I really wanted to boost my street cred around my area of expertise, but my area of expertise is not exactly what I wrote about. What I ended up writing about was my mindset. Like, what is different about Priscilla McKinney? What is it that I have going into a room that not everybody does? What is that approach that could be of value to other people, even though it might not be absolutely obvious to them? In the end, it's my favorite reason. It's the ABH. It's the spirit of always be helping. Is the thing that you have to share going to help other people through their career, through their family life, through their own emotional life, or through 
their advancement of their company if they happen to be owners. And I had to take a look holistically at what I had to say and ask myself, is what I have to offer worth it on a lot of those levels? And for me, it really was. And it was also a personal goal of mine to get done. Even as a little kid, I wanted to be a writer. I thought about being a book writer. I thought about being a journalist. And I really couldn't figure out pretty young how to make money at it. But as it turns out, you don't really make money on a book when you're in a CEO position or when you're looking at your career as a whole. Very few people, in fact, make money on a book. That's not the point. The point can be about having a great calling card when you're prospecting that next great client. Or for me, I get a lot more opportunities to speak. And in my particular case, it does help boost my speaking fee. It gives you, like I said at the beginning, that street cred, that gravitas. Like I know what I'm talking about because I've actually taken the time to put my thoughts together. It's a little bit like how my mom says that a college degree really just means that you figured out how to finally get paperwork in on time. (laughs) Whatever it is or whatever it is you wrote about or whatever you got a degree in is all well and good. But what this tells me is that you're an organized person who can get a project to the finish line. And that can be very important. But For so many people, this is a horrible process. It's also something that maybe they carry around a weight (laughs) that they're going to do someday. And then maybe people even engage in hiring a ghostwriter. But typically, those are very terrible experiences and people end up wasting their time and their money or they end up with a lousy book. So why does that happen? Honestly, hiring someone to write a book for you is more complex than it seems at first blush. And people, honestly, just don't know how to do it properly. They start with a vague idea, maybe compound it with some unrealistic expectations. Then they do what I talk about a lot in marketing. They go ask the wrong people the wrong question. So don't go ask your mom if you should write this book. Of course, her role in your life is to support you and love you and think everything that comes out of your brilliant mind is the best idea next. (laughs) So you've asked the wrong person. You've also asked them the wrong thing. Should I write about this? Or what do you think about this title? Again, they're going to say, I think that's great. Do what you love. Do what you want to do. But they're not going to look at it from a position of putting a matrix together of what your actual goals are. Truly, a well-developed book idea has to answer some basic questions. What is the book about? (laughs) Who is the ideal reader for the book? And what are they going to get out of it? I got to say, too often, the book ideas that people talk to me about are way too vague or, for the most part, way too big of a subject matter. They're not dialed down and they're not specific enough. And so that eventually is going to lead to a lot of mission creep and incredibly meaningless chapters. (laughs) I did write a book that was much smaller than most publishers wanted. In fact, one of them just told me hands down they wouldn't publish it for me. I needed to make it about twice as long. And I thought, I'm done. I'm at about 45,000 words and I've said what I need to say. And I refused to go in there and just put a burden on my reader to listen to more on the same subject when I've really already made my point. So you really have to know what is the book about and what do I really want to talk about and what am I willing to leave out? But really thinking about it from the audience is so important to me. And you all know that I talk about ideal client buyers all the time. I think persona work is so important. And when it comes to writing a book, it's no exception. 
you have to ask yourself, who is this ideal reader and what are their persistent and even newly emerging problems? What challenges are they facing? How can you even change your tone of voice in order to work with them on this challenge? What format is going to work for this person? And again, I point back to I'm about 45,000 words. I didn't want to make it 80,000, which is what a lot of book publishers wanted. To me, I really appreciate a succinct book. And I have a little love-hate with a lot of business books, and I talk about this in the beginning of my book, but I feel like a lot of them could have sent it over to me like in an eight-page summary. And I'm like, yeah, can you just give me the points? Give me the highlights. And of course, there's Blinkist and there's all kinds of other apps out there that can do that for you. But I like to read someone's book. I like to hear it in their whole thought process. So I don't always want a summary, but I do love and know and respect when someone has actually taken the time to think about me as a reader, me as the audience, and how I want to interact with it. And then that proceeds into that last question of what it's in it for them. You have to be asking the question, not just, oh, I'm writing this book for posterity, but I'm writing this book so that someone can get what out of it. What should they do when they've turned that last page and closed the book? Where's the inspiration? What is it they must do now? So if you begin the writing process without answering these basic questions, it's just going to end in a destination you did not foresee and probably don't want. You're going to waste time. Probably whatever you've written so far is not going to be usable or you will spend so much time rewriting it that it's not worth it. So you really must go back to the beginning and ask yourself these questions. Let's take a short break. Are you looking for experts and tools to collect research data worldwide? Global sampling, field management, and data collection are just some of the services that Gazelle Global provides. Visit gazelleglobal.com to learn more about how our expertise can help you unearth quality data that drives meaningful insights. Get your research done anywhere around the world quickly and efficiently. Visit gazelleglobal.com today. Before I share with you what the process for working with a scribe could be about or how you could get help getting your book idea out of your brain and onto paper, I do want to broach the subject that a lot of people bring up, which is the statement that they or their book will only be successful if it becomes a bestseller. (laughs) I've got to say, of course, that's a major dream. I'd love that for my book, but that's very hard to do. And in order to do that, you typically have to get a traditional publishing deal, which most first-time authors cannot get. And the other thing is they need to be able to guarantee that there's going to be at least 10,000 orders from the get-go. And you also need to have mainstream press want to pick it up, show the signs that they will actually validate the idea. And again, that's very hard to do. So What I want to impress on you is even if you can't get those things done and can't get published through a traditional publishing deal, there are so many options out there for you. Now, I know that a lot of people don't want to have a little rinky-dink, I wrote it up, had a graphic designer create it, and we send it off to go get published. But we are living in the era of digital transformation with book publishing. And even Forbes is creating all of their scribe methodology and all of their new authorship under demand print. 
So it doesn't matter who you go with at this point. There's no, here's the 10,000 books that are in your garage that are going to rot until you can sell them. Multi-level marketing scam. (laughs) Get that idea or that fear out of your head and instead focus on what your personal goals are, what your company goals are, what you want to give back to the world. And once you align on those things, then you know it will be worth it to either start hacking away at creating a calendar, sticking to it, or actually hiring someone to help you and come alongside you. So as soon as someone thinks about getting help with their book, they usually think that they need to hire a ghostwriter. And in general, ghostwriters are, number one, very expensive. I would say anywhere from 30000 on up to a quarter of a million dollars, depending on who's writing it and their skill set. That's a pretty big range. But those highest quality of ghostwriters know a certain subject matter. So they're going to write for people who have expertise in their same field. And that's going to give them the ability to really pull through the facts and the history and the verbatim quotes and really create something of value. But another option is to, of course, discipline yourself (laughs) and set certain chunks of time aside. I also love this idea, and it really inspired me when I heard from Brene Brown once about how she took one of her ideas for her book, and actually went away for several days on a retreat with a couple of key people from her team. And they were able to ask her questions about things and she could get more specific. They were recording the sessions. They were really fleshing out the book based on the research they were doing, but she was getting help from very close people. And that's the idea of hiring a scribe is saying, how could you find your posse and how could you actually get them around you to ask you really strategic and effective questions to help you organize your thoughts and also expound on the thoughts that you need to for real punchy delivery, right? If we all have this idea in our heads that we know to be truth, what's hard sometimes is to do the math and show people how you got there. And that really is what makes a good book. So that's why having somebody else ask you strategic questions about what you're trying to say and help you get there by showing your work is super important. In terms of disciplining yourself, I would say plan for a year. And go through your calendar and create three-hour chunks here, there, and also include sections where you can send a piece to a trusted group, have them read it, give you quality feedback. And you really have to work your team like that and come back and forth until you've got those things planned. Of course, starting at the very beginning with those key ideas and setting a very strong table of contents for the organization. Not that it can't move, but you need to have some kind of a structure to work under. But I worked with an actual scribe. So I found someone who would take that time with me. I spent three-hour chunks with them over the course of almost a year. And I basically downloaded my big ideas. And every time we got to something, there was some feedback there. Oh, that's good. Tell me more. Or, hey, I didn't get that. Like, why do you say that? Or as time went on in the year, I might expound on a particular subject. And then she realized, wait a minute. This is actually belongs to chapter seven. Let's move it over there and then let's fit it in with this and that and the other. And as we went along, it was a natural process where my book came out organically, but all the words were mine. In each one of those sessions, everything was recorded and then a transcript was made. And then she would go away and do the work of organizing what I had, taking out the things we backtracked on and really just doing that work. I simply would not find the time to do. 
that editing of myself was never a priority, partly because it's not fun. And you have to be realistic about what parts of writing your book are fun and which parts are absolutely not up your alley and not going to happen. So it's that realistic view that can really help you work and get the book into becoming a reality. My process of writing Collaboration is the New Competition took about a year. Almost all of the copy that is in the book were just thoughts that were already in my head and they needed to be ordered around. Now, I also called out a couple of four examples and had to talk with some people in my life to see if they would be willing to be seen as a little bit of a kind of a case study or or an example at the end of each chapter. And so I had a little bit of extra work to do, but that was honestly very fun work. And I got to include a couple of other people who I really respect in writing my book. And that was meaningful also to me. But really, all of the ideas in there were already things that were in my head. I didn't write something new. I just needed to get it out of my brain. So you're sitting there and thinking, that sounds great. I love a scribe. I don't even know where to start. (laughs) And let me tell you, like trying to find a writer that is works with you in terms of your personality, that obviously is a very good writer, who also has a good system prescribing things, transcribing things, editing things, and moving you through that process, keeping you accountable to those meetings is really important. I do remember from my experience thinking, oh, next Monday, I've got a three-hour meeting with my scribe and thinking, what do I have to say? I think I've said it all. I don't know what else to say. And sure enough, We'd get in the meeting and she'd start talking about, okay, we need to work on this piece. What about this? You said this and have you gone over your edits? Yes. I'm like, yes, I have. Okay, but this is where I think I'm falling down or where I think maybe you're not understanding what I'm saying or maybe I'm not showing my work. And we would just have these working meetings that honestly, the three hours just went by in a flash and it was so crazy. If you don't have a couple of different writers that you can call or people that you want to vet, or as we're talking about here, just simply don't have the bandwidth to do that, I would love to talk with you. I know several scribes, and like I said, it does have to be a personality fit, but it's about making that matchmaking happen. So if you're interested in just chatting about it and having a real exploratory call, shoot me a line at info at littlebirdmarketing.com. Reach out to me on LinkedIn or in the show notes, you'll see an actual link to my calendar to get a meeting booked with me. And we'll just talk about it. And maybe this isn't for you, but maybe this could be the way that you finally get your actual thoughts out into the world. Lastly, I just want to end with my feeling when my book first arrived. And I'm getting a little bit choked up just thinking about it, but I spent so much time working on it that it didn't really anticipate the feeling that I would have when it was done. And to be perfectly honest with you, my gut reaction was, wow, I didn't even think about this moment. I spend pretty much every waking hour of my life thinking about how to advance someone else's idea, how to advance someone else's company, how to get their SEO (laughs) ranking. And to have worked on something for myself and to see it in my hands, it was an amazing moment. And luckily for me, my husband did capture it on video and it was really special the way he did it. And of course, there's a dedication to my husband in there that's very meaningful. So you can't imagine the amazingness that's at the end of it. But I do know that I envisioned that could be possible for myself, that could be possible for me. And I went forward on the plan. 
But man, the reward has been so cool. Of course, I have been speaking a lot to very different crowds about collaboration, and I would love to speak to your group as well. So in the show notes, again, is a way to find me and how you can reach me for speaking, whether that's virtual audiences or in person, private or public events. And also you can go visit me at PriscillaMcKinney.com where I keep all of the information just about me as an author. I'd love to hear from you. And of course, I would be so honored if you would read my book. It truly is a labor of love for me and something that I think I can offer to people that can really change their life. It's a mindset shift that I offer and not a prescriptive step one, step two, step three kind of thing. But it will bring you, I believe, to a place of really seeing abundance in the world and seeing that your life, your career, your family, your friendships can be so much more if you allow for true collaboration. I hope that's helpful today. And as always, from all of the peeps here at Little Bird Marketing, have a great day and happy marketing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.